just um, encourage you to bring your Bibles for the next uh, four weeks. Uh, because we're not going to do a lot of hopping around. And uh, if we do some other verses in there, don't worry. I'll give those to you on the half sheet that you've got in your handout, right? Uh, but, you know, it'll be kind of cool if you all brought your Bibles because we're going to just focus in one place. And once you find Jonah, you're in the right place. Now, I know it's a little hard to find because it's one of those lesser prophets in the back of the Old Testament. And if you get to the book of Matthew, you've gone too far. Okay, just back up. A few books, but uh, bring your Bibles and just uh, bring some, uh, you know, some paint, pencils and stuff and and uh, markers, whatever. We're just going to spend time unpacking the experience uh, of Jonah over these these next weeks and trying to discern uh, what does what does the experience of Jonah uh, have to say to uh, to our lives. Now, when we get to the book of Jonah, uh, quite often uh, folks think that Jonah, well, Jonah, Jonah is about Jonah and the whale, sure, exactly. Now, let's clarify something from the beginning. First of all, the whale only occurs in three verses in the whole book. Okay? It's only in three verses in the whole book. So the whole book is about much more than just Jonah and the whale. It's an awesome experience that God uses a large fish. It doesn't say whale, by the way. It says large fish. That God uses a large fish for this experience. But what we want to do is not focus on the large fish like many fish stories, but we want to focus rather on what is going on in Jonah's life in his relationship with God. And we're going to unpack that and ask the questions about what does that have to say to my particular life. Okay? Um, now, quite often, uh, when, you're, when you're out there in the world and, and you're talking with um, folks who are not believers uh, yet, unbelievers, uh, quite often... You, you get something like this thrown in your face, right? The book of Jonah. You get them saying something like, well, you mean you actually believe that a guy was swallowed by a fish? Whenever they do that, you know, the unbeliever is trying to redirect you and get you off course from sharing the message, right? They're trying to just get an argument going about whether it's real or whether it's not real, whether it happened or whether it didn't happen, all that kind of stuff. Well, we're not going to get lost in that argument, okay? We're not going to spend a lot of time on, on that whole argument, whether it's an actual experience that happened or whether it's just kind of this parabolic allegory from the Old Testament. Uh, we want to spend the majority of our time talking about what difference does the Jonah experience make in our one day, every day kind of life. Okay. Now, having said that, I'll just give you a little personal insight uh, where, where I'm at on that so you understand where I'm coming from. I actually believe that uh, this probably actually happened. I think the, the experience of Jonah is just that, that it is actually the experience of Jonah. And I believe that not because of what's in the book of Jonah. I believe it because of what's in the book of Matthew. And uh, by the time we're done today, I'll take you to that text, but uh, just hang with me for this part. In the book of Matthew, in the 12th chapter, Jesus makes reference to the experience of Jonah. And when Jesus makes reference to the experience of Jonah, the way he says it, he gives the clear implication that he too simply believed that this was an actual experience. I mean, when he talks about Jonah, he, he doesn't talk about it and say, well, like in the days of yore, in the story of Jonah. No, he just refers to it as the experience of Jonah. And I figure if Jesus can believe it actually happened, it's probably okay for me to do that, don't you think? 
that it probably happened because Jesus refers to it. And, and beyond that, remember, it's Jesus who's referring to it. And in, in the reference, he, he compares it to the experience that he's about to go through when he is killed and when he's in the tomb for three days and rises again. And if I believe in a God who can accomplish that with Jesus, certainly I can believe in a God who can have a guy last for three days inside a fish, don't you think? If I can believe in a God who can raise Jesus Christ and conquer the very very threat of death, I can handle a God who has the power to be able to put somebody in a fish, great fish, for three days and spit them out. Well, there's where I'm at, so you know where, where we're coming from here. Now, the important thing for us this morning, though, is to get into the book and see what the book has to say to us. So let's start there. And we're not going to go very far this morning. We're only going to go in about four verses because there's so much in the book of Jonah. So let's uh, start out. First of all, we can see right away in the first, book, uh, first verse of the book of Jonah uh, that God wants to reveal something to Jonah, right? It's uh, right there uh, in the first verse. Uh, it says, One day the Lord told Jonah, the son of Amittai, just stop there for a minute, one day, what day? One day. It's okay to talk in church. One day. Just one day, right? One day. It doesn't say on Monday. It doesn't say on Wednesday. It doesn't even say on Sunday. It just says one day. Just one day. Just one day. Another day. Just another day. One day. You could pick any day. It was just one day. What's so insightful about this? God came to Jonah and revealed direction for his life on one day. I mean, he didn't come to Jonah on a big anniversary day. He didn't come to Jonah after a big stupendous experience. He didn't come to Jonah after some kind of a, of a, of a personal revelation on a mountaintop. He just came to Jonah when? On one day. It was just one day. Just another day. Just one day. Like, you know, one day that follows another one day that follows another one day. You see... The point for us is to understand that every day, every one day, is an opportunity for God to reveal to you direction in your life. Every one day is a day that God is already busy working in your life. That there is never a day that God is not able, willing, and desiring to give direction to your life. Every one day is a day that holds the opportunity for God to reveal something to you if you're listening. If you're listening. In the, another translation, uh, I think it's NIV, this verse is translated saying, uh, one day the word of the Lord came to Jonah. That's kind of a cool translation. One day the word of the Lord came to Jonah. It kind of focuses us on how God in Jonah's experience, brings this word, right? Jonah gets the word through the word. One day, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The reality is, for all of us, there is always, on every one day, the opportunity for the word of the Lord to come and speak into our life. Am I right? If you have one of these books, there is always, on every one day, the opportunity for God to speak into your life because the word of the Lord can come into your life. If you don't have one of these books, see me after worship and I'll see too that you get one because I want to make sure the word of the Lord comes into your life. It, it kind of works like this. 
if uh, there's husbands and wives out there, um, you, you probably had this experience, uh, and I don't think Jill and I are, are abnormal in this. Uh, you know, it's when the husband comes home, and he comes home, and um, he can just tell his wife is upset about something. And, and he comes home, and, and he, you know, he kind of tries to figure out what's going on here, and they're kind of walking on eggshells, and, and so finally they get talking a little bit, and inevitably his wife says, Well, you should have known. And he says, of course, back, Well, I would have known if you would have... I'm not the only one in the room that has this experience, right? Okay, right? See, what's happening there? What's happening there? Well, you know, the reality is the Lord wants to speak into your life. He, he, he wants to speak into your life. That's not the question. For Jonah, it's clear. God was ready for a word on one day to come into his life. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you ready, seeking, desiring that direction that God wants to bring into your life? Are you engaged with the word through which he speaks? Are you listening? You see, with those husbands and wives, if, if, you, if you're married for a long time and, and you spend more time together and, and you, you do things together and you talk together and the more you do that and the more that you do that, the more you understand the other person and the more you get to figure out what they really do need and want in their life without them telling you. Isn't that the way it works? Why? Because you're spending time. You're listening. You're, you're taking that information in and you're listening. See, it's the same parallel. Jonah is ready to receive the word of the Lord on this one day. Why? Because he's been doing it. This isn't something new. Jonah's been doing it. If you go into, uh, into uh, 2 Kings 14, it says in there that Jeroboam extended the boundaries of Israel from uh, Lebo to Hamath in the north of the Dead Sea and the south to the Dead Sea, just as the Lord had promised, who? His servant Jonah, son of Amittai, who was a prophet from Gath-Hefer. What has Jonah been doing for a long time? Listening. He's already been listening. He's already been that one who's received the word of the Lord. And, and he's been the prophet in the life of the king Jeroboam. So, so he's been in that experience of listening. And so another day comes along. And on this one day, like any other day, God gives direction into his life. You see, that's the way it works. You see, we, we, we all hear the stories from people and the questions from people saying, well, you know, I just don't understand why God just doesn't make it clear what I need to do. I, I just don't understand why God just doesn't give direction and make clear what, what... I know He's got a plan, but I don't understand why... Have you heard this before? See, the real question is not whether God's willing to do that. Of course He is. Is God willing to do it? Yes. Is He trying to do it? Yes. The question is, are you listening? Are you putting yourself in a spiritual place of opportunity? where God is there to speak. Are you in worship regularly? Are, are you taking the time to, to come and gather with his people in a small group and, and hear what he has to say? Are you engaged in his word more than just on Sunday morning, but every single day? On this one day, are you putting yourself in the position where God is speaking into your life? Jonah was in relationship of listening. And on one day... God spoke into his life. Now the problem is, if you're listening and you put yourself in that position of listening, 
when you hear what God has to say, it may not always be what you expect. I mean, the plan, the purpose, the direction that God has for your life may not be what you expect. In Jonah's life, it went this way. One day, the Lord told Jonah, the son of Amittai, to go to the great city of Nineveh. Nineveh? Are you kidding me? Nineveh? I mean, you can imagine Jonah on that day when God said, Now, Jonah, I know you're listening, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, What? Nineveh? No. Must be a mistake. Nineveh, of all places, why in the world would the Lord send me to Nineveh? You see, Nineveh, Nineveh was not a good place. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrians, and the Assyrians were the absolute enemies of Israel. And everybody knew that the Assyrians were not nice people. In fact, their cruelty was well known throughout the region and throughout the world. These were vicious people. And everybody knew the city itself was an awesome structure. Everybody knew that the city itself was huge and overwhelming. Nineveh was the capital that probably had somewhere around a half a million people living in it. It was so big that their streets, one of their streets was 20 miles long inside the city walls. And the city walls were 100 feet high. And they were so wide that at the top of the city wall, you could take three chariots and horses and run them down the wall side by side. This was an awesome, impressive place. But it was also a cruel and dangerous place. The prophet Nahum speaks against Assyria and, and Nineveh, and he describes uh, Nineveh. He describes the Assyrians. He says, Doom to the crime capital, Nineveh, city of murder and treachery, you were nothing more than a prostitute using your magical charms and witchcraft to attract and trap nations. What do we know about Nineveh? This is not a nice place. Crime capital. This is not a nice place. And yet the word of the Lord on one day came to Jonah saying, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. What you hear from God may not always be what you expect. You see, Jonah looked at the situation and would say, you've got to be kidding me. Nineveh? I don't want to go to Nineveh. I know who those people are. They are our enemy. The problem for us is that when God gives direction into our life, and it's not what we expect, we assume he's wrong. The problem is we don't understand the big picture of what God is doing. Only God understands the big picture of what he is about. You see, Nineveh... Nineveh and the Assyrians eventually become those people that humble the people of Israel as God tries to bring them back, his own people, to bring them back into a right relationship. By 722 B.C., the Assyrians invade northern Israel and demolish the northern kingdom. God uses Nineveh to humble his own people to try to bring them back to him. Do you suppose on that one day... On that one day, Jonah had any idea what God was doing? Absolutely not. You see, the reality for us is 
what God says to us as He gives us direction in our life may not always be what we expect. Why? Because we don't get it. We don't understand the big picture of what God is doing and how God is working. What we have to do is simply look at and understand that God knows. God knows. And because God knows, God does not ignore the opportunities or does He ignore the disobedience that exists in others. God doesn't ignore the opportunity. Can you imagine the opportunity on that day when God came to Jonah on that one day and said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. There were 500,000 people living in Nineveh. What an awesome task. What an awesome opportunity. Jonah had the opportunity to go to Nineveh and call 500,000 people into relationship with the living God. Is that an awesome vision? You see, you may not understand everything and how big God is doing, but God knows and He sees the opportunity. And He also sees the disobedience. In the book of Jonah, it says, One day the Lord told Jonah, the son of Amittai, to go to the great city of Nineveh and say to the people, The Lord has seen your terrible sins. You are doomed. See, God is absolutely aware of what's going on in Nineveh. This is so easy for us to forget, isn't it? I mean, we forget. We think God is just kind of totally focused on us. God is just kind of totally focused on on His people and and that's it. No, He knows what's going on. When when you're in the checkout line and and the clerk is ringing up your groceries, He knows what's going on in that person's life. When you're sitting around the table in a business meeting and you're writing down on your pad trying to remember what everybody's name is around the table, you know that little tool? Trying to remember everybody's name around the table. While you're trying to remember their name, God knows exactly what's gone on in their one days up until that moment. God knows those people. And God knows the opportunity. God knows the opportunity that you have for Him to make a difference in those lives. He sends Jonah to Nineveh because he knows Nineveh. And he knows the opportunity that Nineveh represents to bring them back to God. We don't know the big picture and we don't always see the opportunity, but God does. You need to follow his direction simply because God knows. Follow his direction just because God knows. Now here's the crux. You ready for the hardest part? The hardest part is God's plan is not always what you want. I mean, the call that He puts on your life, the purpose that He puts into your life, and the plan that He has for you, the direction that He gives to you, isn't always the direction that you want. Jonah. Jonah heard the word of the Lord on that one day saying, Go to Nineveh. Guess what? Jonah, not only was it what he didn't expect, it's what he didn't want. He just didn't want it. I mean, if you look at the text, it says, One day the Lord told Jonah, the son of Abinah, to go to the great city of Nineveh, say to the people of Nineveh, the Lord has seen their terrible sins, you are doomed. And instead, what does Jonah do? Jonah ran from the Lord. He went to the seaport of Joppa and he bought a ticket on a ship that was going to Spain that he got on the ship and he sailed away to escape. 
You see, the direction that God gives to your life is according to His purpose. It may not only be what you not expect, it may be what you don't want. Jonah just didn't want it. He just didn't want to go to Nineveh. He did not want the people of Nineveh to come to repentance and experience the goodness of the living God. And so he makes a calculated, conscious decision that says, Okay, God wants me to go this way, therefore I'm going that way. Just to give you the geography, if you look at the next uh, slide here, it shows you the relationship between Nineveh and where Jonah was headed for, Tarshish. You can see right in the middle circle there where, where Jonah was, where he got his commission to go. There's uh, Gath Hefer, and uh, he goes down to Joppa. But you can see where Nineveh is, right? Nineveh is up there. It's about uh, 500 plus miles away from where, uh, where Jonah was. Instead, Jonah goes down to Joppa, and he gets on his ship going to Tarshish. He is going in exactly what? The opposite direction, isn't he? Now, to give you a greater sense of the geography of miles, look at the next one, Google Earth here. Get a bigger picture of how far away he's running. Yeah, Nineveh is, you know, 500 plus miles. Tarshish, 2,000 miles or more. In Jonah's day, Tarshish was the absolute edge of the world. You go any further, you fall off. Okay? It's the absolute. What's he doing? Jonah is saying, not only is it not what I don't expect, this is what I don't want. I just don't want it in my life. I'm going to follow what I want, and what I want is going to take me in the opposite direction of where God wants me to go, and I'm going to go to the ends of the earth in the opposite direction. You see, here's the difficulty. When God puts something in our, in our hearts and gives us a direction, it may not be what we want. But it is what is according to God's purpose for our life. Now here's an important point. Listen to this. Young people, this especially, you've got to listen to this. You ready? God will never give a direction into your life that is not consistent with His Word. That's not consistent with His character. And that's not consistent with His Son. Did you hear me? God will never give you a direction in your life. He will never say to you on one day, you, you need to go in this direction, whether you expect it or want it. He will never give you a direction that is not consistent with what His Bible, what His Word has to say, with what His character is, and what Jesus Christ is all about. He'll never ask you to do something opposite of that. So for some of you who are out there who are people or know people who have said, well, you know, I, I, I just, I really feel like God is leading me in, into a relationship with this other person and leading him away from my wife or from my husband. No, he's not. No, it, no, he's not. Don't, don't, don't even go that direction. You're going the opposite. Don't even try to convince yourself that God is leading you into the arms of another person if you're already in a covenant married relationship. No, that, well, he doesn't do that. Why? Well, it's not consistent with His Word, it's not consistent with His character, and it's not consistent with His Son. He is not going to ask you to do something that's not consistent with His Word, with His character, and with His Son. Don't, don't try to convince yourself out there in the business world, well, if I close this big deal, I know it's a little bit of a shady deal, and a little bit, you know, kind of under the counter. I know it's not, I know it's not, but you know, if I close the deal, I'll be able to give more to the church. Yeah, don't go there. 
You're going in the opposite direction. Why? Because God is never going to ask you to go in that direction. It's a direction that's inconsistent with His Word. It's inconsistent with His character. And it's inconsistent with His Son. God will never put a direction in your life that is inconsistent with who He is. It just won't happen. He just doesn't do it. You see, God always puts a direction in our life that is according to what His purpose is. And the temptation for us is to run in the opposite direction according to what we want. What does Jonah do? Jonah just doesn't want it. So he gets on a ship and he runs in the opposite direction. Here's another point. You ready for this? Whenever you run in the opposite direction from God, there'll always be a ship ready and waiting for you. It will always be easy to run in the opposite direction away from God. I mean, isn't this amazing? Jonah goes from his hometown, he goes down to Joppa, and there just happens to be a ship just sitting there waiting to go to the ends of the earth. What's up with that? Well, that's because the evil one is always ready for you to run in the opposite direction, and the evil one will always prepare the opportunity for you to do it. And it will always look so good, and it will always be so easy but it's always inconsistent with the word, the character, and the purpose of His Son. You've got to be careful. When you get that temptation that says, no, I want to go get on a ship and head to the opposite end, you have to understand that is not a word from God. It's not. Some of you, some of you are running in that direction. And the word of the Lord is coming to you on this one day and saying you need to turn around. You need to turn around. Because that's not consistent with what God brings into your life. And you need to know this. And we see it in Jonah. Whenever you run in the opposite direction of the purpose that God has for you, the direction that God gives to your life, whenever you run in the opposite direction, you will experience storms. You will experience chaos and you will experience storms. Look at Jonah again. In the fourth verse it says, But the Lord made a strong wind blow and such a bad storm came up that the ship was about to be broken into pieces. You know, was it a good storm or a bad storm? Ooh, really bad. Really bad. Really bad. So bad that things are about to be busted apart. Isn't that the way it is? When you run in the opposite direction of where God wants you to be in your life, you are always going to experience this chaos and these storms, and somebody's going to get broken. Somebody's going to get hurt. You see, when you convince yourself that God wants you to be in the arms of somebody else, no, you're breaking the hearts and the lives of your kids and how many other people in your family. You see the point? When you run in that opposite direction, you have to understand you're running into the middle of chaos and storm and hurts. And your life and other people's lives are going to be broken. Why? Because God has the right direction for your life. God knows the bigger picture and He understands the opportunity of what can happen in your life. God is the one who knows what's going on in every circumstance. If you go to Psalm 139, we get a word of hope and we get a a word that just is a revelation word for us to understand this. In the Psalm 139 it says, Where could I go to escape from your spirit or from your sight? What does Jonah want to Is he trying to do? 
escape. You see, you have to know this. You, you can't. He, he knew about how horrible Nineveh was. See, there's nothing in our lives that God isn't aware of. You, you can't run in the opposite direction and think somehow God's not going to notice. Of course he does. The psalmist says, if I were to climb up to the highest heavens, you'd be there. If I were to dig down into the world of the dead, you'd also be there. Suppose I had wings like the dawning day and flew across the ocean. Even then, your powerful arm would guide and protect me. It's both a word of challenge and a word of hope, isn't it? There's nothing we can hide from God. And yet there's no place that God isn't willing and able to enter into to get us back and right. See, some of you this morning are running in the wrong direction. And God's got a call for your life. And He wants you to change that direction. Some of you have a, a God has a call into your life to just change the direction in where you're going in your relationships. Some of you have a call where God's just saying, look, you, you just need to give up the direction you're going here and turn around and start moving in the direction I have for you. Some of you have a call in your life where God is saying, look, I've got something so amazing and radical to, to do in your life. You've got to let go. Some of you, God's putting a call in your life and saying, look, it's time to forgive. You know, you've been holding on to this grudge long enough. You, you, you've been angry with this person long enough. It's time to go in a different direction and, and just forgive. See, that's what God does when he sends his son, Jesus. He sends Jesus to get our lives back in the right direction so that we can get back on plan and we can get back on purpose and we can go in the direction that God knows is the greatest opportunity for our lives. It's what I was telling you earlier, earlier out of Matthew, Matthew 12. It says in Matthew 12, Jesus was talking with the Pharisees. He says, you want a sign because you are evil and won't believe? But the only sign you'll get is the sign of the prophet Jonah. He was in the stomach of a big fish for three days and nights, just as the Son of Man will be deep in the earth for three days and nights. On the day of judgment, the people of Nineveh will stand there with you and condemn you. They turned to God when Jonah preached. And yet, yet here is something far greater than Jonah. Jesus came to change the direction of your life and to make it far greater than you ever imagined. It may not be what you expect. It may not be what you want. But learn from Jonah. The direction God has for you is the greatest direction you could ever experience in this life. Some of us in the room need to just repent. We just need to come clean today and give up that old direction. And a lot of us in this room just need to start listening and put ourselves in that spiritual opportunity place where God can lead us to something bigger and greater. Jonah ran in the wrong direction. Don't run. Receive this word today and understand there's somebody greater who came to die to forgive you. And there's something greater for you to do. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We are so humbled. We're so humbled by your word this morning because we know often we have run in the wrong direction just because we want it. Father, forgive us. Forgive us. Help us today 
to set a new direction in our life. Speak to us and, and let us discern what it is you want. Make it clear. Put us in that, in that spiritual place where on one day, on every day, we, we can hear what you have to say. And we can know what we're doing is consistent with your word and it's consistent with your character and it's consistent into the glory of your Son. Father, help us to just trust that you've got something bigger, that, that you know everything that's going on, you know the experiences and the opportunities, and that you will lead us into greater things and into the greatest relationship on earth, living with Jesus Christ. We ask it humbly in his name.